This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we conclude a study for the past two weeks on not being ashamed of the gospel. And we spoke primarily from the life of Paul. And when you read the book of Acts, particularly Acts 16 and 17, you'll find that Paul was imprisoned in Philippi. He was smuggled out of Berea. He was mocked in Athens. And in other parts of the book of Acts, he was called a fool in Corinth. And he was stoned in Galatia. Despite these events in his life, listen to what he writes to the church at Rome in Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. And we need to point out in both the Greek and the Hebrew, ashamed means more than being embarrassed. It means to be confounded, confused, disappointed, reproached, hurt, disgraced, and dishonor. Despite the events in Paul's life, he could clearly write with a pure heart, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. Are we ever ashamed of the gospel? We need to keep in mind the verse in Luke 9, verse 26. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory, in the glory of the Father, and in the glory of the holy angels. And we've been speaking throughout these two weeks what it takes not to be ashamed of the gospel. And this week, specifically, we were speaking about the scriptures that will prevent us from being ashamed of the gospel. We talked about being led by the Holy Spirit, and we pointed out that even though Paul knew what awaited him in Jerusalem, even though Jesus knew what awaited him in Jerusalem, they went because they were doing the word of God. They were fulfilling the will of God. Secondly, we spoke about the importance of needing to live and obey the word of God. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We looked at Psalm 119, verse 80. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be ashamed. We've spent about two days speaking about the necessity of being willing to suffer for the name of the Lord suffering for the gospel and we need to keep in mind second timothy chapter 3 verse 12 all who desire 
to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And really, as we spoke uh, on that subject, it's vital that we need to see that we are new creatures. We cannot think or act the way we did before we were believers. But this is the newness of life that God will enable us to go through persecution, ridicule, or testings, as the Word of God says, without reacting in our flesh, but even bringing joy to the Lord's heart as we go through these trials. Today we'd like to talk about uh, trusting in the Lord, which is another antidote for, for being disgraced by the gospel, being ashamed. It says in chapter uh, in Psalm 25, verses 1 to 3, To thee, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in thee I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Trusting in the Lord is a key ingredient in never being ashamed of the gospel. And in that same Psalm 25, we see in verse 20, listen to these words. Guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in thee. Very often, instead of saying, I take refuge in thee, it's the same thing to say, I put my trust in you. So these are ingredients, and we'd like to go on further, speaking about the areas and the scriptures that will keep us from being ashamed of the gospel. Another area is not being entangled in the fears of, in the affairs, I should say, of the world. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'd like to look at um, 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. We need to remember in these end days especially, we are soldiers in the end time army of God. And while we cannot ignore what's going on in the world, we need to not get entangled. In fact, in 1 John 2.15, it says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Yes, we are in the world, but not of it. And we're, if we're only focused on worldly events, on things in our life, or what's going on in the world will be overtaken. But we need to keep our eyes on the eternal things. And that's what we want to talk about next, having an eternal perspective. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, critical scriptures for what we're talking about here. Hebrews 11, like to begin at verse 13. This is immediately following uh, the heroes of the faith. It was written about Noah, about Enoch, and most specifically in the verses immediately before uh, verse 13, it was talking about Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac and Jacob. Listen to these words carefully. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Let me just interject here. That's what we were just been talking about. We're not in the world, we're of it. But here the heroes of the faith confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Verse 14, For those who say such things 
make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country for which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. Many times, if we're ashamed of the gospel, we're going to think of how things were maybe before we were born again. And that becomes more enticing than living and suffering through difficult times as born-again believers. But these people recognize that they were citizens of heaven and they were looking for a better place than they had now. Are we living in that mentality? It's not being worldly-minded. It's being heavenly-minded. And Brother Ott Katz used to say that the world says you're too heavenly-minded to be earthly good. The fact of the matter is what this earth needs, what this world needs is more heavenly-minded people. All right, continuing on, I want to read verse 16 in Hebrews 11. Therefore, or let's put it this way, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. And here's such an important portion of the scripture. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This is powerful, Junie, and this is an, a, an admonition to us to be eternally minded, knowing that the rewards that we seek are going to come after this walk on earth, and God will not be ashamed to be called our God if we live like the heroes of the faith lived. And if we read on in chapter 11, we see great um, victories for many of the saints who followed the Lord. But in verse 36, talking about the great saints who followed the Lord, it says, others had to suffer the trial of mocking and scourging and even chains of imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were lured and tempted offers to renounce their faith. They were sawn asunder. They were slaughtered by the sword. While they were alive, they had to go about wrapped in the skins of sheep and goats, utterly destitute, oppressed, and cruelly treated, men and women of whom the world was not worthy, roaming over the desolate places and the mountains and living in caves and caverns and holes of the earth. And all these, through their one, W-O-N, divine approach by means of their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised. Why? Because God had in mind and had something better and greater in view for us so that they, these heroes and heroines of the faith, should not come to perfection apart from us, that is, before we could join them. And so suffering has something to do with an eternal purpose and having an eternal perspective. And we go on to uh, another in uh, having divine determination, and we could never live like that unless we had divine determination. Isn't that true, Shelley? That really is true. And, you know, it's important to, again, let's look at uh, something from 2 Timothy again, chapter 4, verse 7. This is Paul, who we've been talking about. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. 
He could not have accomplished any of this without having a divine determination. There's a wonderful scripture in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. Listen to these words. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Let this ingest in you, digest this, because this is a key, especially in these end days when chaos and evil is running rampant in the world. God is looking for men and women of God who have and live with a divine determination with an eternal perspective. This being Friday, we want to identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen by reciting the Shema. And if you know it, please say it along with us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. I pray, Lord, that you would open up the eyes of Israel and open up the eyes of the church and strengthen us to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.